0: Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Gudelare, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice, and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.tropebusiness.com. Welcome back to another episode of Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gulari Very excited to have you with us here today. This is our third installment of the masterclass that we're doing on how to work with brands. Uh, if you've missed the first two, a really quick recap. The first one is all about what do brands look for when they're running a campaign? How do you stand out as an influencer? And do the numbers matter? The second installment was all about trends and budgets. What are uh, brands looking for? What are they asking for? And two, what's going on with their budget? Are they going up? Are they going down? Uh, two amazing installments. Make sure you go back and listen to those. A lot of amazing insights from our five awesome contributors. Um, as, a, as a quick reintroduction, our contributors are Sydney Fazand from LaForce, Angie Niles, an independent consultant, Alex Hoynatska from ShopStyle, Carly Hill, who is both an influencer and works at Allison Broad Marketing and Communications, and of course, Lauren McGrath, who's at Activate. And for this third installment, we're going to talk about the specifics that our contributors are seeing out there in the marketplace. As a reminder, they sit in between the brands and the influencers. So they see it all. They run these campaigns. That means they've seen a lot of good things and they've seen a lot of bad things. And in this installment, that's what we're going to talk about. What are the best things they've seen? What are the worst things they've seen? Hopefully these specific examples will give you some takeaways, both what you can do to stand out and what you shouldn't do in order to avoid ending up on somebody's do not call list. First up, we're going to go with the worst that they've seen in the industry so that we can end on a high note. We're going to start with the bad. We'll end with the good. So first up, what is the worst thing that you've seen in the industry? We're going to start with Carly from ABMC.
1: We have this ambassador program. We've seen the last few months, like people getting very greedy with it and kind of thing like, well, I post about you all the time. So you owe me more appointments. It's not an owing thing. It's I gave you three appointments. You posted about the three appointments. Now we, I give you a discount. It's kind of building like you can't expect always everything for free in this industry. And I think that's how a lot of people start their mindset works. Like you sent me free skincare before. I should always get free skincare every month from you because I'm asking for it. So w- the thing is we want to make you a customer too. And so seeing influencers who you know they may have run out of credits for the month. They did their posts. They know. It was even on both sides, but they're going to go, you know, book their own appointment and pay for it now because that makes sense because it's an even partnership. So I get a lot of emails that are like, you owe me this, blah, blah. And I'll be like, no, we had an agreement. We had three posts. You did your three posts. Like, I can give you more next month. So that's been a really big struggle that's turned me off from a lot of influencers lately is kind of this demanding and just being like, I deserve this because I have 100,000 followers. And it's not, there's a lot of people with 100,000 followers that I could give that to that who are gonna be professional and understand how the business works. So the demanding
2: is never gonna get you really far.
0: Next up is Angie Niles.
2: There's just not being a good brand partner. There are people who get paid so much money. And I know that a brand has, like if a brand wants exclusivity for a 24 hour period within their product category, you pay for it. But, but if you're not paying for it, as an influencer, be smart. I've seen girls who I know got paid, probably a girl with a very high number of followers. She does it all the time, so much that I unfollowed her because I couldn't handle it. And I just felt, kept feeling bad for all of these companies. She went to a store. It was a shoe store. She did like four or five Insta stories trying on shoes at this store they probably spent majority of their budget. Her next story was thanking a competitive shoe brand for the free pair of shoes. And she does it all the time she did it all the time. And it's like, I know that the brand didn't pay for that. But at the same time, just be a, just be smart about it. I don't care how much she converts, I'm never hiring her for that reason. And a lot of followers might not even notice it. I might have noticed it more because I'm I work with them, but it it still just irks me so much. And then the other thing is not being respectful of people and things around them when they're shooting their content, when they're disrespectful of a historical monument or like people around them and they just have to get it, you know, get their shot in. I can't, I like, I don't want to, even if it has nothing to do, they might convert really well for my brand. I'm not going to work with them. I just find it to be so disrespectful.
0: Next, we're going to hear from Sydney from La Force.
3: This is
4: personal, right i I really hate kind of like the you know if you have an influencer that's sharing like fifty story frames in a day, I hate when it's like my personal life, my personal life, my kids, my child, my husband insert sponsored posts here back to dinner, you know I hate that for me it's just it's so jolting it's jarring and and when I'm saying that I'm saying that as as a so as a consumer of content, you know, I, I've never been one of those brands that's been placed in, you know, I don't know, the, been the meat and the sandwich, I guess you can say in that situation, but it really, it really irritates me. And I see that as, as a social media marketer and I kind of cringe. Um, that's, that's what I hate because I think, you know, brands, brands, um, even if you feel like the brand isn't paying you that much, they are they are paying you to give them the real estate that they think they deserve, right? You can't really get good metrics on on that type of content if it's just like in the middle of everything. So, um, anyway, that that's sort of like I think the worst thing that I'm seeing right now.
0: And finally, Lauren from Activate.
3: The worst thing happened. Not that long ago, it happened here at Activate. We had an influencer that fully plagiarized a blog post. It was pretty bad. She literally, um, she literally took content from a medical journal and just copied and pasted it into her blog post draft. And um, you know that was just you know, that's one influencer that we'll never work with again. Um, Anytime. I mean, not, not only is that just in really poor taste, but it's also um, a direct conflict with our, um, with our terms and conditions and our contracts. So you know, it's clearly like a clear violation um, from like a legal standpoint too. So, you know, I would say that was probably the most egregious error. Anytime anybody is like sort of representing um, work that is not theirs um, to be be their own, that really guts me.
0: Okay, now that we've got the bad out of the way, let's talk about the good. What are the best things that they've seen in the industry? First up, Alex from ShopStyle.
5: We did a campaign with Saqqara Life and The Mother Chic. Um, and she, before, so we had them, it's a meal delivery service. Um, and they, you sign up for a weekly meals and give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, she got the, the delivery and she started shooting the content even before, um, before the campaign went live. She didn't, post it before the campaign went live, but she created this content because she was so excited about how good the food was. And she just gave the, um, the retailer, the, the brand that we were working with a partner, um, just her own take and more and, and additional content than they had originally asked for. And it's always really nice when, you know, you're working with an influencer and they're really excited about a project and they go above and beyond they truly work as as a partner versus just getting the job done and doing everything i mean obviously the you know following the statement of work and getting everything in um is great and that's you know that's always been um you know when an influencer can actually deliver the um, you know, what's being asked of them on time and is a pleasure to work with. It's always wonderful. Um, but then going above and beyond really helps them stand out and not only stand out to that brand, but stand out to us and say, okay, we really want to work with um, with this person on other campaigns because we know they'll do a good job. And obviously, you know, where I'm sitting, we are um, advocating for the, the brands and retailers and we have our team that sits next to us, actually, that is advocating for the influencer, and then we have the, another team that's kind of the matchmaker, and we're all working together to make sure that everyone is happy. Um, because I know there's there's a lot of things that brands can do also that that will help influencers be more um, incentivized to to do this as well. It's a two way street. It's a relationship. It's it's um, both on the brand and on the influencer. But it's always really nice to see um, the Additional content, um, the excitement about a project, the engagement um, versus just like, sure,
0: I'll do this. Next up, Carly from ABMC.
1: I remember the few people who did turn down projects, and that has always still to this day stuck out to me. And I think turning down the projects made me really aware of like who's authentic um, to their brand. And I've only seen that when I have worked with them, like seeing how thought out they are about their programs and the content they deliver. So I think just being really self-aware of who you are and how you want your business to be has only turned into really successful things for
2: influencers.
0: Next, we'll hear from Angie Niles.
2: Turn down jobs that they know that they weren't right for, even when it was a lot of money. I have so much respect when I hear girls tell me, oh, I got asked about this job and I turned it down. When girls turn that down and they, 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 they respect their followers enough to know they're not going to believe me, they're going to call me out, they're going to call BS, and I respect their time enough to know to not bother, waste their time with something like that. That's what I think is my favorite thing.
0: Next we'll hear from Sydney from LaForce.
4: I think the best thing, I, I just love seeing how people have been able to scale and, and grow. Right. And I, I like when influencers use their audiences to ask questions, to to discern whether this type of, of content is interesting to them. Right. So I look at someone like a Blair Edie who, you know, I think when Instagram stories was kind of like first had on the scene, um, she was kind of trying to figure out, like, what should she even be putting there? And she used audience as like that temperature check to figure out like what they were interested in. And then she ended up sort of like building her Instagram stories um, POV based on what her audience wanted. And I thought that was really smart and intelligent um, way to go about like creating that vantage point, which, you know, and and you see sometimes um, you don't see always, but, but things like that I think are are really, are really smart. You have, you have a built in
3: test on you.
0: And lastly, we'll hear from Lauren from Activate.
3: I mean, I'm, I'm consistently impressed by, um, you know, by those influencers that are able to, um, sort of transition across platforms while also, um, you know, kind of growing audiences on their primary platforms as well. Um, I think about somebody like a Lauren Everts from like the Skinny Confidential who's, you know, now she's entering this new phase in her life and she's about to have a baby. And, um, you know, she, over the last couple of years has, you know, I think built a little like mini empire for herself and not so many anymore. You know, she, um, you know, she started out, you know, with her blog and her Instagram, she has a successful podcast now. She's, you know, really, um, she's really, uh, capitalizing on things like Amazon shops, um, you know, starting to create, uh, you know, deeper partnerships with, um, with, with brands that are, you know, a little bit more innovative. Um, and so I think some of the work that, that she's doing, um, I think, is indicative of not only where the marketplace is going, but also what, um, you know, other like greedy influencers in the space can and should be doing.
0: So those are some of the anecdotes from our contributors. I, I think that there are a lot of basic takeaways here. Um, you know, obviously on the bad side, be a good partner. Don't get greedy. Uh, Don't pack sponsored content in, you know, inside of your story so that it's hard to find. Give the brands, you know, the respect that they're due. You know, maybe you don't feel like they're paying you enough. Maybe you don't feel like they've been a great partner. That doesn't mean that you should demote their content or anything like that because you never know who's watching. You never know who you're working with. And it's just bad business to do it that way. Obviously, plagiarizing a blog post is just a no. I mean, that's an obvious no-no. And then on the good side, you know, think about some of these things that, that that they're talking about, turning down projects that are not a good fit, using your audience as a guide towards the type of content that you can be posting, you know, expanding your personal brand across a multitude of platforms. And if you have questions, go check out the influencers who are executing well on these things. I think that's the great thing about this. One of the great things about this industry is that there are living, breathing examples out there and they're not hiding how they're doing it. They just have the ability to do it, the consistency to do it, and they're putting in the effort. So I think that these examples, both on the good and the bad side, do a great job of highlighting what you can be thinking about doing on the good side, and a, a great kind of mental checklist of making sure things to meet. You're making sure you avoid on the bad side. Some of them again are basic, but some of them hopefully. Um, are just, you know, good reminders because we all get caught up in, you know, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, you know, we might get into a rut. Um, And it's just good to have these reminders to ourselves that Uh, there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. So that wraps up this third installment of our masterclass on how to work with brands. We have another one coming for you. Make sure you turn in. This fourth installment is gonna be all about the big picture. How to work with more brands, how to be a better partner with brands, what brands should think about when they're working with influencers and how they can be better partners because it's always good to put yourself in the brand shoes as well. A quick reminder to head over to trovebusiness.com to check out the amazing resources and content that we have that will help you run your business more efficiently. A big thank you to our contributors who shared with us their amazing insights. And as always, a big shout out to Pete Krimi, who makes us sound much better over the airwaves than we do in person. And with that, I'm your host, Rich Scudillari. Thanks for joining us today on Influencer Business, and we'll see you next time.